Have you ever been really shocked and scared? Have you ever thought you'd lost something really precious? If you have, then you might be able to relate to the way Mary felt when she went to attend to Jesus' body. From time to time, we have that sudden moment of panic when we, re- when we realise we can't find our dog Shadow. Suddenly, the house seems quiet. We realise that we haven't seen her for a while. Where is she? We look in the usual places, the dog basket, her dog kennel. We search each room, we check the garden, call her by her name and shake the dog treat bag. The awful sinking feeling grows with the realisation that she's gone. We launch into full-scale search mode. Every every person grabs a bag of dog treats, a whistle and a lead in the hope of a quick reunion. We feel anxious. Has she gone onto the road or wandered too far away from the house or even been whisked away by a dog thief? Then, when she pops her head round from behind a bush, we are overjoyed, so pleased to see her. On the morning of Easter Sunday, Mary awoke, still grieving over the death of Jesus, perhaps in two minds about going to visit the tomb of her friend, wanting to perform the customary rituals, but so overwhelmed with sadness still full of questions and uncertainty why hadn't jesus saved himself instead of willingly dying on the cross if he could save others then why couldn't he save himself was jesus really the son of god were all his teachings false nothing made any sense anymore have you ever felt overwhelmed with questions and confusion it seems that god's way of doing things doesn't always necessarily make sense to us. As Mary arrived at the tomb, she saw that the giant boulder was rolled away and an angel was seated on it. The angel was like a bolt of lightning, dressed in bright white clothes, and all the guards were mesmerised in fear and shock. As she saw the angel, she was afraid. What was this thing? Am I safe? And what had it done with Jesus? She was full of fear. The angel then proceeds to tell her, do not be afraid. Perhaps she remembered those words, do not be afraid. Jesus had said them many times, and maybe Jesus' mother had retold the story about her encounter with an angel. He, He said, do not be afraid. And as well as that, he brought her great news. We can feel full of fear, worried for what the future holds. Perhaps fear for our own health and safety. Jesus tells us, do not be afraid, and he can be trusted. The angel then proceeds to tell Mary, Jesus was alive, that he had risen, and even death had no hold on him. At this point, she was probably even more confused, as she had just seen him die, and was expecting to find Jesus' dead body in the tomb. Yet now, there was an angel here, claiming he had risen. Mary trusted God, and believed what the angel told her. The news filled her with joy and excitement. Her saviour was alive. He'd risen from the dead. After she'd heard Jesus was alive, she couldn't help but rush to tell the disciples this extraordinary news. When we encounter the risen Jesus, it fills us with joy. This encourages us to share the good news with others. Finally, as it shows us many times in the Bible, God chooses the unlikely, such as Mary. In those days, women weren't trusted with important duties or events. 
So having Mary be the first to discover Jesus has risen shows that God places great importance and responsibility on her. On her. Mary was seen as a nobody to most people, but to God, she was important. To God, she was his child. Isaiah 43 verses 1 sums this up. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I sometimes wonder if Jesus felt frustrated through Easter time, as no one believed him and made him do things to prove who he was, such as destroying and rebuilding the temple up in three days. He wasn't talking about the actual temple, though. He was talking about himself. He knew there was no other way for people's sins to be forgiven, and Jesus loved people so much he was willing to sacrifice his own life for people to be right with God. Ephesians 5 verse 2 says that Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice to God. Whilst Jesus was God who had come to us, he was also fully human and knew he was going to suffer but was willing to do it. This is encouraging as Jesus feels emotion so we'll understand the things we go through and we shouldn't feel alone in situations in our lives. 1 John 4 verse 10 says, This is what real love is. It is not our love for God. It is God's love for us. He sent his son to die in our place to take away our sin. If we are going through rough patches in our relationship with Jesus, we can be sure he still loves us and always will. This is also really good if we are telling our friends about Jesus. There is someone who loves them so much he sacrificed their own life for him. While Jesus was on the cross, he forgave someone next to him who was also being crucified. Even in Jesus' last moments, he still cared for people and wanted to change lives for the better. He knew the outcome of what was going to happen after he was crucified and he knew he was going to rise from the dead. We know that he has a plan for each and every one of us and knows the outcome of any situation. We can put all our trust in Jesus. Jesus wants us to have hope and he did this by coming back to life and proving nothing is impossible with Jesus on our side. Through Easter we should think about how Jesus died for our sins to save us and for us to have the best relationship with Jesus that we could possibly have. God sent his one and only son for us. Hi Jubilee, today I'm going to be talking about why did Jesus die? This is a question many people find difficult to answer. The Bible says Jesus died to save us, but to save us from what? In Romans 3, 21-26 it says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to wit the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. We're going to focus on the part of the passage that says, For all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. Think for a second. Have you ever sinned before? I know I have. And when I say, I, have you ever sinned? I don't mean, have you ever murdered someone? I just mean, have you ever lied, cheated, or talked bad behind someone's back? These may seem like small things. However, in God's eyes, they're all, e they're all equally bad. This verse is crucial in understanding why God died. Because God wants us to know that in our sinfulness, we fall short of the glory of God. In other words, that there's a massive gap between us and God. It's like a raging river. We can only cross it when a bridge is built over it. 
Jesus died on the cross and took all of our sin and built that bridge between, between us and him. Now there's no barrier between us and God. Jesus opens the way to spend eternal life with him. That sounds like heaven. So how can we become righteous in God's eyes? I don't look righteous. Do you? The truth is, we can't. No matter how hard we try, sinning is part of our human nature. It started when Adam and Eve messed up in the Garden of Eden and did what they wanted instead of what God wanted. God gave his people a set of laws and rules to show them he had high standards and that they were different from him. But Jesus, who lived out those laws perfectly in thought and action, swapped his perfection and holiness for our sinfulness. So when we pray and ask God for forgiveness, he will forgive us. He will make us righteous. He will show us his amazing grace. And when that happens, we want to tell everyone. It's hard, I know. I'm not great at it. But by spreading the good news of God into our community, we can show others God's love and bring them into Christ and to church and to eternity with us. We all want that, don't we? Some of you might be thinking, why do we have to do this? What would life look like without Jesus? The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Sounds harsh, but when we choose sin, we don't choose God. And when we don't choose God, we cut, we cut ourselves off from his life, his lifeline. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. He died and took your sin away because he loves you. Some of you that are joining in today who may not be Christians might be thinking, well, this isn't fair. Why do, why do we deserve to die without doing anything wrong? But it's not so much about what you, what you do and what you don't do. It's about who you love, who you trust and who you are plugged into for life. God brings your, you life, life forever. He provides, he heals, he changes you. What does Issa mean to us? Well, for me, it means chocolate, sugar and putting on weight. No one else? Just kidding. Although the chocolate is great. But Easter offers hope of eternal joyful life with God. Now doesn't that sound great? Jesus' resurrection on resurrection tells us that the rescue is real. No matter how many challenges we face in life, know that God loves you. He has a plan for you and he fixes the broken. What is our response to Easter Sunday? Surely, after watching these three talks, there is only one response or choice for you. That is, do I want to live a life of sin apart from God? Or do I want to live a, life, a fruitful life with God and spend eternity with him? Now, I don't know about you, but I definitely know what I want. Now, I've probably gone past six minutes and Gavin's probably pulling out his hair and wanting me to stop. So I'm just going to pray now. Lord God, please be there for us in the good times and the bad times. Lord Jesus, I trust in you and I'm not proud of my past, but I want to spend eternal life with you. Sorry for falling so short of your glory. Thank you for your rescue plan. Please forgive me for the sins I have done in my life so I can live a life of faith. Amen. Have a great Easter, Jubilee.